He can't say that in reverse. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the third morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. You know, we play that open at the top of every show and uh, at the top of every second hour as well. Uh, the Ronald Reagan speech, edited, of course, uh, not for content, just for, for timeliness, of course. Um, we play select few words from uh, one of my favorite Reagan speeches. And part of it just grabbed me just now. When you hear uh, the president, the former president, talking about the enemies of freedom. As for the enemies of freedom. And he goes on to talk about how our greatest goal is, of course, peace. Uh, but we will do everything that we have to to protect uh, this country and everyone that, that uh, lives within it and all of our rights and so on. As for the enemies of freedom, he thought. He said, and I thought to myself, well, of course, he's talking back then probably about Russia, uh, talking about Cuba, talking about uh, communist nations, talking about uh, political and military enemies of the United States. But when I think of enemies of freedom today, first thing that came to my mind was Democrats, liberals, progressives, Facebook moderators, Twitter moderators. Social media giants and behemoths who have such an outsized control over what we see when we see it, who have such an outsized control over what opinions are appropriate and which ones are not for public consumption. I think these people are the enemy of freedom. I had a great example of that this morning. As I was preparing for my show, as I do each and every morning, I was perusing some various news sites, looking at townhall.com among them, and many others, and I found a story that I thought was so perfect, so poignant, so important, that I wanted to share it with my Facebook friends, my Twitter friends, followers, page likers, et cetera, et cetera, so that it would give you kind of a little bit of a primer as to what I wanted to talk about today on the program. So I do it every day. And I saw this um, article headlined, A Pro-Choice Review of Pro-Life Film Unplanned. 
I thought, uh uh-oh. Then I saw a sub-headline from a news aggregator that I use. News aggregator is just, you know, a service that compiles certain headlines and certain news issues and so on and so forth, breaking and otherwise from a variety of different news sites. It kind of aggregates them and puts them all in one place. And the headline on the news aggregator from this very, very same article, the headline was a little bit different. The headline was... um, Hold on a second. I got to refresh it now. My apologies. Uh, it seems to have disappeared on me. Let me refresh my page here. Yeah, here is the headline uh, for uh, uh, for the news ag- on the news aggregator. Unplanned in quotes, which is the name of the movie, changes heart of pro-choice viewer. I thought well, this is something I want to read. After all, you know, the first headline didn't do as much for me. A pro-choice review of a pro-life film. Unplanned. Uh oh. That just sounds like we're about to see, you know, somebody ripping the the pro-life movie. But then the other one said, wait a minute, unplanned changes heart of pro-choice viewers. Better be something, this is something I should probably look at. So I read the article. And I was completely taken by a couple of very, very important quotes. And I knew right then and there I needed to share this with, like I said, you, my listeners, my online friends, and so on and so forth. And, um... I hadn't waited four seconds from the time I pushed post or share, actually, on Facebook. It's a share button. When I loaded up my commentary and I loaded the link to the, to the, to the movie review, which, by the way, came from the Central Florida Post website, centralfloridapost.com, apparently a newspaper in Central Florida. Shocking. And um, not four seconds after pushing share on Facebook did I get a notification on Facebook, from Facebook, that says, this post goes against our community standards so no one else can see it. In other words, enjoy reading your filth, Facebook user. Nobody else can see this community standards violating bile that you put on uh, on our on our pages. And I immediately screened, uh, screenshot it, took a screenshot on my cell phone. I immediately grabbed it because I wanted everybody to know what the Facebook moderators were doing. I simply shared a movie review with quotes in the comment section of Facebook, not the comment section, the post section, you know, where I can actually write what I want to say about this particular link. So I shared the link, and I wrote my own uh, evaluation of it, which was some of the words from the article quoted, and then my own commentary, which was, This is precisely why planned infanticide has tried to stop this movie. Because this movie changed the mind and the heart of a previously pro-abortion viewer. And this is exactly what the enemies of Abby Johnson, the supporters of planned infanticide, and and the rest of them want. They they fear the most. They fear people going into this movie and saying, oh my God. Planned Parenthood is lying. Life does exist in the womb. It is a human being with rights. Those are babies, not cells, not disposable fetal tissue. Those are babies. That's the last thing in the world they want is more people to actually have their eyes open. That's why they tried to shut down this movie. That's why they lobbied the Motion Picture Association of America to give, give it an R rating, to try to keep teenage girls out of the theater. Those are their customers. 
Those are their revenue drivers. They can't have that. So instantly Facebook blocked my review of this review or my sharing of this review. Now, I immediately pushed because they give you an option. At the bottom, when they tell you that your post violates their community standards, um, they do give you an option of what you want to do about it. You can remove it, or you can click um, you can click a request review. So I clicked request review. Now, every other time I have ever clicked request review, when something has been deemed to be in violation of Facebook's community standards, which, by the way, they never are. My posts are never vile profane, gratuitously uh, uh, offensive, or sexual in nature. They're simply just posts that liberals can't stand. But every time I click request review, I get a notification a short while later saying, too bad, we reviewed it, you lose, it doesn't go up. And if you try to post it again, they'll, they'll, they'll put you in Facebook jail. So I, think, I thought there was no way, shape, or form. But I did screenshot it, and I shared the screenshot with people this morning. I said, this is what I tried to post. You tell me where this is in violation of any community standards. Because I simply shared a movie review. And then I thought, well, maybe they're flagging me for use of the word infanticide. Oh, we can't use words that are are in the English language, words that are in the English dictionary if they might offend some. I mean, should we ban the word homicide? Which is the... Uh, unlawful taking, or the taking, actually, it's not even have to be unlawful, because sometimes it can be lawful, but the taking of human life, should we ban the word suicide, which is the taking of one's own life? Why would we ban the word infanticide, which is the taking of infant lives? So I changed it to PP. I said, this is precisely why PP, rather than planned infanticide, has tried to stop this movie. Maybe that was their trigger word. Because shortly thereafter, somebody posted to me and said, or commented to me and said, Bob, I can see your original post now. So how about that? For the first time, Facebook relented, either recognizing they just could not get away with this one, or recognizing that since I changed the word infanticide to the initials PP for Planned Parenthood, either way, uh, I won this one for the first time. But my larger point here, again, as I listen to the open of the program with Ronald Reagan's uh, wonderful voice, the enemies of freedom remain liberals, progressives, Democrats, who do not want words and ideas and thoughts and portrayals, such as movies, that violate their sense of righteousness, that, that... fly in the face of their false narratives, they don't want them to be allowed to be shared. They don't want them to be uttered. They are truly the enemies of freedom, the enemies of free speech, the enemies of free expression, the enemies of freedom of religion. They're the enemies of freedom. So I posted a pro-choice review of pro-life film Unplanned from the Central Florida Post. And for now, it has survived on Facebook. For now. We'll see. If it remains. But the one thing they cannot stop me from sharing, the one method they cannot stop me from using to share this review and the important message contained within it, they can't stop me from reading it on the radio. And since it's not particularly lengthy, this review and this commentary and this admission from a pro-choice slash pro-abortion movie reviewer whose heart 
was changed by this movie. I'm going to share her words with you coming up after the break. This is important, and this is precisely why Planned Infanticide wants to stop the movie, because it changes people's minds, hearts. It reaches them at their core. That's exactly why we need to share, share, share that article, that movie review, my post on Facebook, my post on Twitter. If you are on either of those platforms, and let's, let's stick it in the craw of the liberal Facebook and Twitter moderators. Let's share this everywhere we can. It'll encourage, hopefully, more people to violate the community standards set forth by the liberal pro-abortionists and progressives um, by encouraging more and more people to go and see this movie. So if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, that's France Radio, please share this, find this, and share this with everyone that you can on your own windows, your own groups, your own forums, et cetera, et cetera, because it is that important. I'll share it with you coming up after we check traffic on AM 1420 the end. So the aggregator headline that I told you about, again, was uh, very important to me. That's the one that grabbed me and said, I've got to read this this morning before the show. The headline was, Unplanned Changes Heart of Pro-Choice Viewer. And when I look at the actual article, a little bit different there. It just says a pro-choice review of a pro-life movie. And I thought, oh boy, let's really see what it's all about. This is what it's all about. This review came from the Central Florida Post newspaper from their website, Written by Bridget Bailey. Bridget writes, I have always been pro-choice. When I was invited to attend the showing of Unplanned, I hesitated. I can't go there. I'm a libertarian. I really do not want anything to do with that. Just come with me and be respectful and try to have an open mind. If anything, you'll just reconfirm what you believe. But don't be afraid to challenge yourself because it's a hard subject, my friend pleaded. I conceded and agreed to go, and to keep an open mind, the same way I would expect them to do in an event for a cause I support. I wish I had asked more questions. I almost wish I had not gone. Before the film, we got our drinks and smiled in front of the movie poster for Instagram. I had no idea how quickly our smiles would be wiped from our faces. Unplanned was a bloody emotional spiritual roller coaster. I find it ironic how the self-proclaimed conservative pro-life crowd often preaches facts over feelings, but use this narrative to tug on my heartstrings in a way that actually made me reflect on a subject that I felt so confident on my beliefs of. I was moved to tears several times during the film and actually appreciated the way the workers of Planned Parenthood were portrayed. The women in the clinic were made to seem like they really did believe that they were what that what they were doing was morally right and that they were helping the patients. This was important to me because I knew there were members of the audience who had never been inside of a planned parenthood facility. By the end of the film, I was completely distraught, questioning everything I had ever believed about what abortion really was. I was hungry for more information. I went to Google, I talked with friends, and I prayed. This is not my story of how a movie made me change my political affiliation, and I still have many more questions about the validity of what I saw when I what I saw, but I but I went into that theater thinking there was nothing 
that could go onto that screen that would make me question myself. And I was wrong. What I saw did make me question myself and my beliefs. And I believe that everyone should go and test themselves, as I did. If you are already pro-life, go and see that these people who work in those facilities believe they are helping, and that's why they're there. If you are pro-choice, please go and expose yourself to a different perspective and compare that to your own reasons for your vote. If you're unsure and just curious, go. This film will challenge you in a way that politically charged Facebook disputes never will. This review, again, from the Central Florida Post, um, was written by a young movie reviewer, Bridget Bailey, who is described as a UCF computer science student. She goes to the University of Central Florida in Orlando. And the mother of one. So she's a mom. And she's a mom who believed in pro-choice. She's a mom who believed that abortion was a woman's right, and there's nothing wrong with it, because it doesn't, um, it doesn't harm anyone else. It's a personal choice of health care between a woman and her doctor. And the abortion procedure is nothing more than cleaning out her uterus of a bunch of cells and, 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 and disposable waste. That does not equal a human being. That's what pro-choicers believe. That's what pro-abortionists believe. She went to this movie and came out a different person. She went into the movie believing what she was, what her, where her mindset was, was the right one. She came out with an entirely different perspective, and that's why Planned Parenthood, liberals, progressives. Hollywood, Alyssa Milano, and all of those trying to shut down Georgia's film industry for the heartbeat bill. They would try to do the same thing here in Ohio because of our heartbeat bill, which I think it's, it's going to be it's, it's imminent in its passage and signing by Governor DeWine. That's why they wanted to shut this movie down. That's why it took so long to get it made. That's why... It has an R from the Motion Picture Association of America because they don't want people seeing this. They certainly don't want teenage girls who are their customers seeing this. It will change your mind. It will change your heart. At the very least, it will give you a perspective you never had before. For me, it didn't change much. I kind of knew what those clinics were all about because I've interviewed Abby Johnson twice and I've read her book. I knew what her story was. And I knew how they put on those smiling faces to try to sell abortions to people because they are a for-profit business, not a health center looking to provide health services. They are a for-profit business selling a product. That product is destruction. They sell the destruction of life in the womb. That's it. I knew what to expect. Most people do not. And that's why it is so important that you go and see this movie. I don't care what your perspective is. Be prepared to go in with an open mind and to have that mind changed, as it was for this young mother of one in Central Florida. I want to take time out here. We're going to get our news on on the other side of the news. Before I take your phone calls on this subject, I am going to pivot a little bit to the crisis at the border. Dave Ray, Federation of American Immigration Reform, is going to be joining us next right here on AM 1420. 
936 now, the Bob France Authority. Continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to pivot away from the unplanned discussion for a few moments and talk to our friend Dave Ray. Dave Ray is with the Federation for American Immigration Reform, and immigration is an absolutely devastating issue right now that needs to be dealt with uh, at all levels of government, but it has to start, of course, in the legislature. Dave Ray, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? Oh, doing great. How about you, buddy? I'm good. Well, I got to tell you, I don't understand. I, I, I salute you for your, your ability to sound positive and optimistic every time <laughs> I talk to you, because I'm about to talk to you about some pretty terrible stuff. Um, God bless you for fiddle. your ability, man. I don't know how you do it. Well, I lear- I've learned how to play the fiddle while Rome burns. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you do it well. You always seem to have a smile. And I really I, I envy that because I, uh, I'm getting triggered a little bit more and more by the day over these issues, uh, Dave Ray. Five numbers uh, that FAIR put out on Monday that we need to know about this mushrooming border crisis. 100,000, the projected number of illegal alien apprehensions to be made in March of 2019. Just concluded, we'll get those numbers when they're in. 57,000, the number of border apprehensions in March of 2014, the same year when Barack Obama called the border situation a crisis. One million, the number of total apprehensions projected for the fiscal year 2019. 51,000, the number of illegal aliens from countries deemed as terror hotspots who have deportation orders yet remain in the U.S. And 100, the number of 100 person or more migrant groups that have been apprehended since October of 2018. Only 13 groups of this size were apprehended in the fiscal year of 2018. David, right. we are we are not at the breaking point. We are well beyond the breaking point. Yesterday, Kirsten Nielsen, the director of home, or secretary of Homeland Security, said this is a Cat Five hurricane of human yeah. beings coming across our border. Yeah, and uh, you know they are uh, now saying they're launching the mother of all uh, caravans that is forming in se- in uh, Central America, and it could have as many as twelve thousand participants in it. But the Democrats have remained pretty much on the same page that this is all a figment of our imagination. These caravans never existed. There's nothing going on at the border. However, there was a crack in the armor the other day. Uh, the former uh, secretary of the Department of Homeland Security under President Obama, Jay Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, publicly admitted that we have a crisis at the border. And just to give you a perspective of of how he sees it, he said that when he would walk into his office in the morning and if apprehensions the night before had surpassed a 1,000, that his staff would just stay away from him for the rest of the day because they knew he was going to be in a, in a foul mood. Two, in a two-day period last week, we had 12,000 apprehensions at the border. I think that would have put... Jay Johnson in a tirade for about a month. But the, the point is the border, you know, the Border Patrol can only scream we're overwhelmed so long. Congress has to act. There is nothing coming out of Congress right now. This is 100% about asylum abuse. These folks are coming because they know that if they utter the words political asylum and they've stepped foot in the United States, that it triggers a legal process that they are legally entitled to. Uh, And the gimmick is that uh, if you have a kid with you, and that's the magic, uh, that's your get-out-of-jail-free card, if you have a child with you, you can't 
can't be held for more than 20 days. So you're released into the United States with what? Work documents, which is what they want. And they disappear into the interior of the country. There's now a million cases. So anybody who comes today and sneaks into the United States and asks for political asylum, there are a million cases ahead of that person. Uh, we've had, you know, the kids have become such the bulletproof vest for this that we now have uh, kids being passed back and forth across the border to bring adults in. So an adult will come in with a child, say, yes, we're family members, we're fleeing political persecution. When they're let out of detention a few days later, that child's sent back to Mexico to come in with another adult. And so they're actually, you know, recycling kids uh, to, to try to dance around the hall. I'm, the law, I mean, you know, our humanitarian policies, as passed by Congress, were done with the best of intentions, but we are being made to look like fools. And what is scary... And more, and more than just that, fools, David, if I may, I want to get a, a couple of other questions in on you here. Um, yeah. Luis Gutierrez, uh, rep, former representative from Illinois uh, over the weekend, right. called for the mayors of all major U.S. cities to open up welcoming centers for caravan migrants. Um, yeah. because we're being overrun at the welcoming centers that we do have, particularly in the south-southwest. Uh, he's yeah. saying every major city should open up uh, these centers and absorb more poverty, which is precisely right. what this is. We are absor- And right. what I want to know is is how much poverty can one country absorb before they they have to say, look, no more. The doors must be closed. We just can't feed all of you. And, I, and I'm going to point to a comment here made by um, uh, one of the leaders of the Catholic Church, um, Jim Gannon, CEO and Executive Director of Catholic oh, Catholic Charities, to be precise, in Albuquerque, right. saying right. that relief organizations in this is uh, this is in his quote. I'll get to the quote to say relief organizations in some cities are struggling to feed and house these migrants and warning that a public health crisis is taking shape, especially with sick infants and children among the many immigrant families who need medical attention. And here's what Gannon said, quote, we're asking volunteer doctors and nurses and community members to step up and do what the government should be doing. If this was a hurricane, FEMA would be on the ground helping, end quote. The difference, of course, being, Dave, that hurricanes can't be stopped. Illegal right. aliens crossing our border by the thousands absolutely can be stopped. And and if all of these doctors and nurses are providing all of these resources to all of the poverty that's being imported into this country intentionally by the, the Democrat Party, what is going to be left for citizens and legal residents who are already here? Well, I mean, you know, on top of that, Bob, about this, we are a country where a substantial portion of our population... Native-born Americans don't have access to free health care. You have people storming over the border. I mean, it's serious. You know, there have been two deaths of very young children. This is a very long, hazardous journey for them. Uh, people are coming over the border with, you know, they need kidney dialysis. They're having, uh, you know, heart issues and so on, liver transplants. It's all sorts of things. The border hospitals are overwhelmed. We are not designed as a country to accommodate this kind of influx uh, that goes on and on and on. And, and unfortunately, as the weather warms, 
it's just going to get worse. This problem always gets worse in the summer. And, you know, we are a country that, that we have our own pockets of poverty. I don't know if your listeners have ever visited Appalachia or the Mississippi River Delta sure. or some of our own inner cities. I mean, we have yep. pockets of poverty where we could be doing more for our own people, and instead we are now being asked to open up welcome centers for people who are, uh, you know, abusing our asylum laws. I mean, you've got to kind of... Well, well but, but, but Dave, but Dave the, the way we're dealing with our own poverty is the right way. Rather than expanding welfare and, and subsidies to all of the impoverished, right. we are making America work again, which is what President Trump right. promised to do, and we are doing, which is why the joblessness has plummeted, why the number of people in the in the workforce has skyrocketed, why the amount of people on, on, uh, uh, on uh, food stamps has plummeted. We're putting people to work. And what they're doing is they're importing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to compete for those jobs. And then, you know, these people that, you know, Americans who are finally going back to work are not going to have them because we have so many other unskilled people who don't speak the language, who have no understanding of our culture. They're going to come in and take those labor jobs that are oftentimes very good paying for legal uh, immigrants and for American citizens away from them. Right. Well, you know, yeah, we can only sustain... Uh, a flood like this for very limited. I mean, we're already at our maximum, and there's there's no sign of this abating. And the problem is that the president has done everything within his authority. And I mean, I truly believe this is the first president, at least in my lifetime, who has ever taken his uh, responsibility at the border seriously. And I do believe, you know, President Trump is trying to ensure the safety of the American public. Frankly, we don't know anything about these folks who are coming in. Some of them are only held a couple days and then were released. So not only are we releasing people who are uh, disappearing with no intention of, of moving forward on their asylum claims, but we really don't know who they are. And so the president is trying what he can. He's um, uh, said that he's looking at possibly closing the border, which would obviously have enormous economic impact. But what that would do is put some immediate hurt on Mexico, and Mexico is he's right not going to do it. Though the that's problem. the problem. He's not. He's not going to do it, Dave. <clears throat> he announced yesterday. So? No, he's pulling back yesterday. You know, he, two days yeah. ago he was all about I'm going to do it, uh, and I'm very serious about it. Yesterday, it's Mexico's doing some great things now. He said Mexico's doing some great things. They're they're stopping people on their own southern border. They're fortifying it, and and uh, Mexico has an opportunity to do some. You know, they have the toughest immigration laws in the world, and and nobody's as tougher than theirs. And they're doing a great job. He's already walking back, blaming Mexico as he was correctly doing two days ago. Yesterday he walked back from it. So I don't know where the relief is coming from. I think the president has done everything he can up to. To a point, but now right. this part, this thing that he can do, he is apparently not going to do. Well, you know, the, the problem here and what is so, this is really, really going to trigger you, Bob, is I truly believe that uh, the problems with our asylum laws, if you could get Democrats and Republicans to sit down in a room together for about two hours, we could hammer out a deal that would close these loopholes and end this crisis. Let's face it, the only reason why people are streaming into the country is because they know they'll be released and then they can disappear. As soon as people start coming into the country and are stopped and turned around and sent home, people in Central America will quickly learn that it's not worth their time. It costs them money to take this trip. 30% of the women 
uh, are being sexually assaulted on the way, 17% of the men. Uh, and it's all because they know that our asylum laws are so loosey-goosey that they can easily be skirted. And why wait to legally immigrate to the United States when you can just do immigration on demand, as we see here today, and just push your way in? Dave, let me ask you one more question before you go, because um, I know you got another com- uh, interview to have. Um, right. Brandon Judd, uh, head of Border Patrol Union, head of the Border Patrol Union, um, said right. it doesn't have to be changing the border as, or the asylum laws, rather. Uh, he said they're wrong. He said, uh, we can do this, we can fix this without doing it at the congressional level. We just have to enforce the asylum laws that are already in statute and have border agents as the front lines, not bureaucrats and DHS agencies taking the lead on enforcement. He said, uh, right. uh, he said very simply, asylum loopholes preventing government from reporting illegal border crossers in a timely manner. That is not the issue here. The issue here is we are just not letting our frontline border agents do their jobs and, and turn these people away and do, do what needs to be done at the point of their phony asylum claims rather than, uh, uh, you know, letting them in and then putting this thing, th- thing through the bureaucracy. If we just turn the front, uh, you know, the front lines loose, if you will, on this, we would be fine. Yeah. Well, I have a great amount of great deal of respect for Brandon. He's a he's a wonderful man and a great American. I hope he's right. Uh, aside, uh, the border patrol agents right now are undergoing asylum training. They will become asylum officers, and a lot of them, once these folks enter, you know, one step in the United States, they make their claim. The uh, border patrol agents on the front line will be able to do some of the screening. Exactly. Uh, if he's right, they should be able to be turned around. So we will exactly. see if that works. The other thing is that Mexico has said that people who are waiting for their asylum claims can be held in Mexico. Let's see if that starts happening. Maybe the president has a few more tricks up his sleeve. But right now, I mean, we are looking at a million apprehensions this year. We haven't had numbers like that since like about 2006, 100,000 in the month of March. Insane. Uh, we have serious issues, and hopefully Brandon Judd is right. Let's keep our fingers crossed. David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Get out of here. you got other people to talk to. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk to FAIR, and I don't blame them. You guys do such important work. No, seriously, the people need to know the truth. They need to know the stats. You guys do a great job of assembling it, Dave. I'll catch up with you again soon. Well, Thank you, my friend. You have a great day. Thank you. God bless. Appreciate uh, everything that you and Fair do. It's 9.51. I'm going to share more from what Brandon Judd had to say right after this on AM 1420 The Answer. 4715. All right, it's 9.55 as we continue on AM 1420 The Answer. I want to hit you with a little more info from uh, the conversation I just had with uh, Dave Ray from Fair. As I was speaking of... um, Brandon Judd, who is the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Brandon talked with my friend Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review to talk about, uh, and he also wrote an op-ed in the the Washington Times to talk about this. Uh, The answer here doesn't have to come from Congress, which, thank God in heaven above above that this is true. I mean, seriously. Because Congress is never going to do anything. Not with the Democrats in charge and not with rhino Republicans in charge. The House isn't going to do anything to stop this. Every day we hear about new records in terms of the number of uh, catch and release. Every day we hear about new all-time highs in apprehensions at the border, each by, by week, by month, by year. 
every Democrat in Congress gives a high five to every other Democrat in Congress. They are cheering. Congress ain't going to do anything about this. Brandon Judd says Congress doesn't have to do anything about this. We can do something about this. Who's we? Border Patrol agents. The policy simply needs to change, and Congress has nothing to do with it. Quoting from Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review, talking about Brandon Judd's op-ed. Brandon Judd believes that a lot of the problem is rooted in the bureaucratic divides between numerous agencies. Under our original immigration laws, the entirety of immigration policy was controlled by one commissioner of the Immigration and Naturalization Services, whose agency handled border patrol, detentions, deportations, adjudications. First, after the DOJ restructuring in 1983, and then after the creation of the Department of Homeland Security in 2002, these jobs have been separated between at least four agencies within two different departments. Border Patrol initially apprehended illegals. ICE detains and deports them, and USCIS processes asylum claims. They're all under DHS, but then the rest of the adjudication process is run by the Executive Office of Immigration Review, which is still under the Department of Justice. Hey, you know, I'm going to pause in reading this. This is, this is the very definition of bureaucracy. This is precisely what we have to eliminate to streamline this process. Back to the article. According to Judd, the problem begins right at the entry when Border Patrol turns over illegal aliens to other agencies and the deportation clock never begins. The process at USCIS, uh, USCIS works uh, at a snail's pace. Judd's idea is to have senior Border Patrol agents conduct the credible fear interviews right on the spot when the migrants enter. What difference would that make? According to Judd, again writing in the Washington Times, it would make all the difference. Quote, If the credible fear process begins upon arrest by Border Patrol agents, instead of at a later interview before an asylum officer, the process will be much more efficient. If an asylum-trained senior patrol agent determines that the alien has not established a credible fear, an order of expedited removal can be issued, and the illegal border crosser can be removed immediately. The illegal border crosser does have appeal rights, but by regulation, an immigration judge must hear the case within 10 days of the person asking for reconsideration. Again, because this is not a criminal proceeding, the burden of proof remains on the illegal border crosser, not on the U.S. government. If no credible fear can be established, the process would take no more than 10 days instead of the two to five years it now takes to deport an illegal border crosser who claims asylum. This simple adjustment would end catch and release. Think about that. This is not new law. This is not a new law, new legislation that would be required. This is current law that is in place that is just simply not being followed. The only nuance that Brandon Judd is suggesting uh, in order to ensure that the law is being followed would be to allow Border Patrol to act as asylum officers, which they can under law if they are trained, because they are immigration officers. Otherwise, the law requires DHS to deny asylum to those without an individualized fear of, pers- of persecution. The law requires they, uh, that they be deported. And the law requires that they be detained pending any appeals. 
In other words, not caught and released. This law was written to protect us against all of what is going on right now today. So, in other words, tell Nancy Pelosi and all of the rest of the open borders crowd Democrats in the House of Representatives right now to go pound salt. We don't need you. We can stop this flood of illegal alien uh, asylum seekers, phony asylum seekers in their tracks simply by following existing law. Somebody get President Trump on the phone, tell him he's got an urgent call from Brandon Judd, and let's get this thing done today. We'll be back after this.